She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Hi, everyone, and welcome to She Loves Herself, the podcast. I'm your host, Jill Ritchie, life coach and empowerment coach. And today I am so excited because I have the incredible Sarah Gregg. Sarah Gregg is a relatable, no-nonsense expert on mindset, happiness and flow. Sarah is also a member of the British Psychological Society. She's a certified NLP practitioner, a life coach and a business coach with over a decade of experience in the field. She recently published her first book, Find Your Flow. And I've personally read this book. It is amazing. I've recommended it to so many people and I am so delighted to have her on the show because she's now working towards her second self-help book. And we're going to just chat a bit about that, but we're going to really dive deep into Sarah's story, how she made the transition from what she did before getting into what she does now and how she truly believes that loving yourself as a female is super important. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I can't stop smiling. I wish the audience could see the big smile on my face right now. I know. I love these conversations with you and I feel like right now, there are so many people that will benefit from it. This is probably the exact type of podcast I wish I had been able to listen to a few years ago when I felt quite alone on this journey. Oh my God. I know when I just, you were someone I thought straight away when I'm like, right, I'm going to do this podcast. I reached out to you and I'm like, you have to come on. You had no choice. You were coming on because you and I connected. When did we connect? Just was it about a year ago. I think it's, yeah, about a year ago, maybe even a bit, a bit further back. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was actually, because I reached out to you. I was stalking you, but I think <laughs> <laughs> I listened to you on a podcast and I just I mean, your accent's amazing to be fair. I was like, so is your <laughs> bloody Irish accent. I'm like, oh my God. And you just, your energy was just warming, beautiful, sincere, real, and I started following you on Instagram. And then I think I just reached out to you and we just clicked, didn't we? We really did. We really did. Yeah. And here we are. You're a guest on my podcast, my very own podcast. I'm cheesing. Oh, so delighted. delighted. So for my audience um, listening right now, Sarah, I obviously gave a little bit of um, detail around mm-hmm who you are, but what I think is really important to explain to the listeners is that, you know, you look at that and you're like, oh my God, she's crushing life, bloody author, and she's releasing her second book and, you know, psychology and a life coach and a business coach. I mean, God, some people will look at that and think, oh, yeah, I'm not like that. Mm. You know, that's amazing. And oh God, how do you get to be like her? And I want to just take you back to how it sort of started for you because this wasn't what life was always like for you was it no definitely not and I think to go back there we're probably not really talking that like that long ago um I think it reached its peak in 2016 when I could really really see that I had worked very hard to create a life that I didn't enjoy and that was a really tough pill to swallow 
because my background is in psychology, because I was working as a business coach, it made it even harder to admit that the tools and resources that I, that I had used to build my life were ones that, you know, really I had built a life of what I felt I should be. And I lived very much for other people, for their expectations, for their approval. And I remember a really simple aha moment as to when I realized how off track I had went. And I was at, I booked myself into this motivational uh, seminar. And I was sitting in the audience and I was like, this is going to really hype me up. I just need like a motivation boost, you know, like that's something, that drive to bring me to the next goal. Mm -hmm. And she asked this really simple question, um, you know, write down three things that you do that make you happy for, for no other reason than it's something that you enjoy doing. And I watched this room full of like 150, 200 people, you know, frantically and quickly scribble into their notebooks. And I was like, I, I don't know how to answer that. Like, I legitimately don't know what I do for myself. I do a lot for other people. I do a lot of things in you know, that don't necessarily make me happy in the moment, but I hope will make me happy in the future. And it was then that I started to notice this pattern that really what I had done consistently was set goal after goal after goal, threw my happiness further on down the line, chased it, only to get there and realize that, sure, it felt good, but it never felt good enough for long enough. And that I was living a life actually that wasn't really for me and that I was so completely disconnected with myself that I didn't even know what made me happy. And I think so many people can relate to that. Mm. We live through someone else's expectations of how we should be, what they deem as a good job. And we think we're crushing life when we have a, whatever a, a good job is, um, you know, for earning a certain salary and, yeah. you know, society thinks that, oh, you know, that's really, really good. And, but actually it's, it's how you feel. And why, where do you think that came from then? Like having to, to do that, do you think it was just growing up, believing that that was your purpose, that was what you were supposed to do, please other people or... Yeah, I think when I look back, I think it's, um, we're taught that on society as a whole. You know, if I look back to, you know, when I was at school, it would be once you get your GCSEs, then you'll go on and do this qualification and then you'll go to university and then you'll get a job and then you get married. And we can even hear it in the conversations that we have on an everyday basis. You know, someone gets engaged and it's like, well, when are you getting married? When are you going to have a kid? Mm -hmm. Get the promotion. And it's like, well, what's next? We're always looking for that next, next, next. So I think part of it is a cultural thing that we have this frame of a model of success, a traditional happiness paradigm, which when you break it down is really like a cause and effect formula. Me plus A equals happiness. You know, so me plus when I'm minus 10 pounds, then I'll be happier. Oh my God, yeah. You know, me plus when I earn X amount in my business, then I can relax, then I can slow down and then I can be happier. And I think it's very much entrenched in us that we are always starting from this place that happiness and self-worth is outside of us. And it's something that we have to strive and something that we have to earn and we've got to prove our place in the world. And that is a really unhelpful belief system to operate off. And I think when I was looking for an alternative, 
that's really what drew me into the psychology of flow because it really challenged that happiness paradigm, that traditional cause and effect model where you start from that place of happiness is something outside of me and it's something mm. that I have to earn. Mm. God, and it's, it's quite scary when you think about it because as you were speaking, I was like, ah, yep, yep, yep. It is that belief that I will be happy when. Mm-hmm. And I hear it every day from people that reach out to me, ask me questions, people that I speak to, friends, you know, it's always, I need to work on this now, or I need to have this now to be happy. Or to be honest, you know, it's, it's, it's programmed into us. And I still have to catch myself. And actually the other day, my sister said to me, I hope that you're, you know, I hope that you're celebrating all the things that you're achieving. And Mm -hmm. actually I went, yeah, I said, yeah. And then I thought, am I? I'm very grateful. And I'm, I'm always practicing gratitude but I thought, do you know what? I haven't really sat and thought, do you know what? Sit with that, Jill, because you've wanted to create a podcast and, you know, you didn't believe when you first started, you know, doing going down this route of personal development, of, you know, a few years ago that, 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 that you could do that until you started mm-hmm. doing the inner work. And, and, you know, I think it is that. It's like we don't allow ourselves just to, to be happy with either what we've achieved or what we have internally, mm-hmm. we're always striving and looking and like goals are awesome, but it, it, there's a difference between having a goal and looking to achieve something that's our purpose yeah. versus having to look for something because we're not good enough with what we yeah. have or what we have right now is not enough. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. And when, when we cut to the core of why do you set that goal? Why ultimately do you want that thing? Often when you, you dissect it, either for yourself or with the people that you work with, you realize that you want that goal because you believe that it will make you happier and that will make you worthy and it will add something to your life. And I think this is the kind of gray area where people, and me, when I say people, I mean, this is the bit that I felt confused about, you know, back then in 2016, when I was looking at this, I was thinking, yeah, but I still want to achieve stuff. Like I, I like that ambitious part of me. I like that, mm. you know, I, I want to dream bold. I want to dream big, but I want <laughs> to enjoy the now. And the, the question that really, you know, prompted me and, and my journey was, you know, really, well, how do I do that? Like in a practical way, how can I be happy in the now whilst taking those micro steps towards creating a meaningful future? How do I combine those b- both? And is there a way? Yeah. So on that, then for the people that are tuning in, they're probably thinking, yeah, but how, how then? How is mm. the way? What is the way, Sarah? So do you want to explain what you believe the way is? Yeah. And I would say like, this is just one view. So I'm definitely not some kind of guru that says like, you must eat X, Y, and Z. Like you've got to find what resonates for you. And if this does, then I would encourage you to read a bit more into it. So when I was looking for that, you know, my background's in psychology and I wanted to understand, well, is there something that psychology can teach me? And I ordered a book and as the synchronicities kind of, you know, Mm. the universe sort of delivers what you need. I don't have the science and psychology for that. And I read about flow and in flow, it's where we feel our best and perform our best. And it's for that reason that psychologists heal it as the secret to happiness. So when we When we perform our best, let me give you some kind of statistics as to what that means in flow. 
So in Flow, we are, it's proven that our productivity can increase by up to 500%. So we achieve more in less time. Researchers also found we have three days heightened creativity. Our skill acquisition increases by 490%. So we're actually able to do more in less time. So we fulfill our potential at a faster rate. But what makes Flow really special and unique is when we exit that Flow state, our happiness increases. So we feel our best and we perform our best. And so then the destination uh, and the goal becomes less of the focus because happiness and achievement is with you at every step of the journey. And so you begin to enjoy the journey of life and actually you're not hungry and craving that goal to fill the void that you feel. And you're actually able just to be in that flow. You're able to be happy in the present moment because you're, you're in control of your own happiness and you're able to achieve more in less time. So you're able to carve out and be the architect of your own future. And it blends uh, these two opposing views that you have to achieve in order to be happy. Actually in flow, it says you can achieve and be happy at exactly the same time. And what I love about flow, there's so many different things that I love about flow, but there is um, a huge scientific base for flow and it actually has a formula which means we can apply it in our everyday lives Mm, I love that and oh I can resonate so much because it's it's so interesting because when things when you're in flow actually it's easy yeah it's easy you don't have to try you effortless that that, Mm -hmm. that word effortless you effortless when you're in flow Mm -hmm. and it's getting the people to find their flow Mm -hmm. right and often people say I don't know how like how do you find it how do you find it and sometimes when we're pushing we block it and I don't know about you but I often say to people find the joy first and when Mm -hmm. you are if you are in a low vibration Mm -hmm. so if you are in lack energy fearful resentment anger and it's actually impossible to bring flow in Mm-hmm. possible to vibrate and um, attract the things that you want in your life, the feelings that you want when you're in that low vibrational state. So sometimes people will say, well, I mean, if I'm feeling like crap, how can you just say, oh, well, smile and then you'll feel happy, right? It doesn't always work like that. But actually, funnily enough, I say that, but actually smiling, even faking a smile, eventually it actually does start to make you smile and it starts to make you laugh and that phrase I was speaking to another guest Holly Matthews and she was saying about that phrase fake it till you make it and it's not always a term that people like but it it can actually work in certain ways because if you can even try and find the joy because there is something that you will enjoy doing Mm -hmm. whether that's stroking your pet going out a walk in nature, dancing, listening to music, um, speaking to a friend that raises your vibration, but almost ensuring that you are doing something that raises your emotional vibration. Therefore, when you're in that state of joy, you start to then attract more of the same from the universe okay mm-hmm. um and then as you're in that state of flow you're starting to feel good your endorphins are high your energy's high you're loving what you're doing that experience that makes you feel good 
you start to bring in more of the same, but you need to find the joy first, whether that's even, as I say, as simple as maybe cooking something or eating something nice that brings you joy. It's finding the joy first and then flow will come, but you need to continually do that. Um, And over time, you know, it, it does happen. What's your thoughts on that? Would you agree with that, Sarah, or...? I I agree definitely that, you know, flow is unique to each of us. So in the same way that um, my DNA and your DNA are different and our thumbprints or fingerprints are different, flow is signature to us. So what creates flow for me will not necessarily create flow for you. And I would always encourage people, you know, be the scientist in your own life, like get curious. Like, I think often we want the formula, you know, when, when I think of like me a couple of years ago, I would have paid anybody to knock on my door. I wanted someone to save me. I wanted someone to come Mm -hmm. in and be like, Sarah, this is what you like. You have to do this, this and this, and then you will be happy and everything will be fine. And you'll, you'll never suffer again. Like that's what I craved, but actually you have to have the courage to, go out and experiment and and curiosity is your best friend when it comes to flow because when we become curious we're not looking for the right answer or for the Mm -hmm. wrong answer in terms of like fake it till you make it I think an element of that can be useful but I think I'm more a fan of feel it till you heal it love Um, it because I think that those negative emotions can be your really valuable teacher. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're out of your flow. There is a steady flow, which is in alignment. And then there is an unsteady flow where there are blocks in the road that uh, like, if you imagine a river flowing and you have a load of rocks in it, Mm -hmm. like it's going to smash against it and it's going to feel difficult and it's going to feel hard. Like, but when you remove those rocks, it can flow with ease. Mm -hmm. It's the same for us when there is resistance. If there's a big boulder of fear that is in your gut, you know, no amount of pretending that you're not fearful will be helpful for a while, Mm -hmm. but there will come a point where you have to just get in that river, wade right up in, look at that boulder and go, how do I chip you away? How do I make you smaller? How do I get you to stop showing up in my life so that I can just flow towards my potential and that I can enjoy life rather than using all this energy to, 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 to flow past you. And I think that can feel really overwhelming. I know it's felt really overwhelming for me, but I would say what's helped me the most is go at your own pace, take those micro steps, you know, find what feels right for you. Can you sit with your fear for a few minutes today? Can you have a conversation with it? Can you say, okay, fear, I see you. You showed up every single day this week. What are you trying to teach me? What do I need to hear from you today? You know, and the more you can befriend those negative parts of you, then the more naturally, you know, you're your positivity or your vibration or whatever term you want to use for it naturally rises and can be consistent. But resistance is your gift. Yeah. It's your gift. Yeah. Oh my God. Everything's a gift actually. There's yeah. always a lesson. And I love that you said that you're speaking my language completely. Um, and it's something that I talk about a lot to people because it's the shadows. Mm-hmm. It's the shadow parts of ourselves and that, Oh God, we talk, you know, we talk about this a lot and people only ever want to feel good. They don't want yeah. to feel sad. They don't want to feel emotional. And we're programmed to believe that crying is weak. Mm-hmm. You know, you're too emotional. Don't feel this way. Just be happy. Sweep it under the carpet. And it's so important to feel it, to heal it. Yeah. So 
it's it's about feeling it but not living in it and exactly. um, not saying to someone you know oh my god this you know here's this feeling I'm just going to feel it every day for the next six months because then it's it's consuming you and yeah it's so important to recognize right what is the message here and there's mm-hmm. some deep trauma sometimes there for people like you said that's the big big boulder and it's mm-hmm. chipping away at it a little bit at a time and and it's it's that energy that's it's almost we've not fully experienced that traumatic experience. And when you think about um, animals in the wild, when they have trauma, they will shake it off. An animal will shake, it will make sound and it will yeah. release it from its body. As human beings, we don't do that. We feel the, the trauma and then we don't fully experience it till the end. We don't do the healing part. We suppress it and we're programmed to suppress it, You know, push mm-hmm. it down, push it down. And the more that we push it down, the more power that we're giving it. Because exactly. it maybe won't show up for the next six months, but it always comes back. I speak to clients and you'll be the same, that the thought they've dealt with something and five years later, it's showing up again. And it's because there's unhealed trauma and there's no space to bring anything else in because it's it's basically stuck emotion and energy in your in your body, and it's trying to get people to see that it's okay to feel emotional. Each yeah. each part of your of that those feelings that come in have a message for you, and it's being able to sit with it for just enough time to feel it and feel the emotion, process it and, and let it pass because let it passes it yeah, it passes so much quicker. So I'm so, so glad that you touched on that because, you know, there is only an element of fake it till you make it. And I use this expression a lot with people. It's like sprinkling unicorn glitter over a pile of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's like, we all want to manifest, right? Everybody's like, how do you manifest? Mm-hmm. I want to manifest a million pounds and I want to manifest this big house on the beach. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But here's the thing, you need to do the inner work first. And that's a process that you need to go through. So for you, you obviously are super awesome at what you do. Tell me about challenges that you've faced yourself in going through, you know, obviously having to do what you were doing, psychology and everything. And then you're like, right, actually, do you know what? This isn't in flow for me. Mm -hmm. I am going to just stop doing that and I'm going to move on to something else. Was there, did you feel any backlash from family, friends? You know, what was, you know, what was that like for you? Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely did all of that because I think I made a really, uh, quite a dramatic decision. So I felt so out of my flow and so out of alignment. And when I looked, I kind of had a really great job with a you know, a, a top university in the UK where I was, it was my dream job. Like it was everything that I wanted. And when you talk about manifests and stuff, I, you know, I had done all that, yeah. but the problem was, and I love this like quote, you know, wherever you go, there you are. Like it, I was just me, like the same kind of like broken me who like, you know, thought all the external stuff would, would fix it. But that was like strapping sandwiches on your body thinking like that would feed your hunger like it doesn't work it just looks great from the outside and so um I made this decision that I was going to along with my husband who was extremely supportive um I quit my job we sold our house and we sold all our stuff and I mean all of our stuff Um, and we left with two backpacks and a laptop and when I say no idea of what we wanted to do 
I literally mean no idea because I didn't know if I wanted to do psychology anymore. I didn't, I, being completely honest, I didn't feel I was able to do it because I thought, who am I to teach anyone when I, well, like, this is my life. Like, I'm not in a position to help. I need to really sort myself out. Um, and I thought that dramatic decision would, would fix everything. And it certainly did help to a point in that it provided this completely blank canvas. But there, I couldn't run away from the fact that I really needed to dig deep and look at the patterns and the beliefs that I had. And, you know, why, why did I feel the need to prove myself all the time? You know, why did I people please continually and say yes whenever I really should have said no? And actually, who was Sarah? Like, what did she actually want to do with her life? Um, and that was that was terrifying. Like that was really terrifying to, to sit with yourself and be like, I've got a backpack and no flipping idea for the first yeah. time in my life, what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> what was yeah. well, your, like, what was the response from like your family and stuff? I mean, my mom would have, I mean, when I, I left my corporate job and my mom was like, ah, oh, freaking yeah. out. Like what, but I literally, I mean, I was still in the house. I didn't, I didn't get a backpack and sell all my stuff. I think she'd have honestly called the men in the white coats. Yeah. What, what was their response to you doing that? It wavered from silence where people just didn't want to talk about it, which I feel was kind of almost worse at times, mm. um, to friends being like legitimately concerned about it and saying, you know, all the logical questions, like the high questions, like, well, what are you going to do for money? What do you mean you're going to get on a plane and go to Thailand? When are you coming back? Well, is this for a year? Is this for six months? And I didn't know the answer to any of their questions. And the, the first kind of step that I could see in myself that I was changing was, you know, I would just sit and say, I, I can't answer that. Like, I know you want me to give reassurance, but I can't give you that. And I don't know the how, but I really know my why. And I really know why I'm doing this. And I really feel, I can't describe, I've lived my life based on logic and what I should do. And I can't describe to you this feeling that I have, that when I make this decision, it feels in alignment. And I know it doesn't make sense. Um, and I get that. But for me, it feels right. And I've got to trust that. And I've got to get back to my intuition. And I've got to get back to my gut feeling. And I've got to tear up the rules and start to live life on my terms. Um, and that feeling has never served me wrong. Uh, not once. Love that. And actually, I could feel your emotion as you were even seeing it. Mm. I was like, bloody hell. So powerful. Because I think there's so many people out there that will listen to this and think, Oh my God. And what I want to say, if you are listening thinking, bloody hell, that takes balls. It does, but you have to be true to yourself. And that is what this podcast is all about. Show, showing you real people who have, have experience of saying, do you know what? This was tough, but I had to do it. You, yeah. It's trusting your gut, that gut, you know, that gut intuition, that gut feeling. You know, of course there would have been fear. Mm -hmm. right there would have yeah. been fear and abundance I imagine but it was just annoying I don't know how but I know my why and I love that you your why was powerful it was like I need to be me it's like letting go almost like letting that weight fall from you yeah 
and and it was freedom almost that word when I'm tuning into you it's like it was freedom just to be you and did life get easier then after that Yes and no. I think what I've really learned is that at each step of the journey, at each step of your flow, um, there will always be resistance. You know, like I think suffering is part of life. And if you're looking for someone that will tell you, if you just do X, Y, and Z, you will feel happiness all the time. Mm. I, I, I don't believe that. You know, for me, and what I really believe is, you know, at each stage when you've got to unlock the next level, if you're willing to do that, if you want to create more space, like I love that term that you said, then you're going to have to deal with your challenges. So has it got better? Yes. In the sense that I am more me than I've ever felt before. Um, I really know myself. I understand myself. I like being with myself. I'm not busy on the go all the time, kind of constantly needing distraction or filling my social calendar because I'm terrified to be alone with my own thoughts. I really enjoy just spending time with myself. Um, I have achieved on the outside stuff that I never thought was possible. You know, it was my childhood dream to write like that's that's all I wanted to do I can remember writing in a class when I was 10 years old that my dream was to be an author and unlock people's minds and set them free you know I vividly remember that Um, but I couldn't have done it without the inner work and I think up until that point the path that I had followed was very much that almost that kind of Tony Robbins school of thought you know of go after it, chase it, hunt it down, you know, get all this stuff and show the world that you're worth it. Whereas now my starting point is I'm worth it and I'll do what aligns with me and what makes me feel happy. And as long as happiness is with me at every stage of the journey, then I am the richest person on earth as far as I'm concerned. You know, I don't need anything else. Oh my God, I've just got bloody goosebumps. As you said, I'm like, Flipping egg, honestly, whole body. What an incredible perspective. Because I know like that would not have been easy for you to do that. And yes, there's challenges, and I love that you share that. There's no one on the planet that's got their shit together hundred percent of the time. No matter what you see and what you hear, it's you know, but it's actually being okay with that. They are there's this amazing poem by Rumi. Mm-hmm. And it's called The Guest House. And he talks about welcome them in. Every emotion has a message. Everyone's a guest. Mm-hmm. Welcome them in with love. Each one has a message for you. And I think it's when we get to the point where we're like, hey, these emotions are part of us and part yeah. of who we are. You know, you would have three, three or four kids and because one had something, you would say, oh, I don't like them They're, because they look a bit funny. You know, it's like, yeah. hello. But we're so, when, when we realize that, by God, we are the most important person. And if we cannot show up for ourselves truthfully and authentically and speak our truth, then how can we show up possibly for anyone else in our yeah. life? Um, and when you feel, if you're listening to us, and it, when you feel out of alignment, and um, when you feel like stuck or anxious or there's something not quite right and you're feeling like this for a number of days because listen we all have we all have those days right but if you're feeling this for a period of time it is your body's way of telling you that you're out of alignment yeah yeah 
it's your body's way of trying to communicate with you. We're so busy in our heads, mm-hmm. but actually there's so many answers that just come from our bodies, you know, just to slow down and tune into our body. What is, what's the message? What's it telling you? Because yeah. your natural state, albeit you can have bad days, is not to feel anxious feelings all the time, mm-hmm. not to feel sad, not to feel fearful all the time. And, you know, that is your body's way of trying to communicate with you. So, you know, it's about slowing down and speaking your truth and living your truth. I love that. I love that. And if I think back to those little whispers at night, because it was mainly at night, because that's the only time I was, you know, legitimately slowing down for my day. And I would almost hear like my heart whisper, like, is this it? Like, is this all there is to life? Is this all I'm going to do? And if I think about, well, if I hadn't have leaned into that resistance, if I hadn't have had that question with that anxious part, I could have just slapped a positive affirmation tape on it and be like, no, be grateful. You've got a great house and you've got a great job and and you just need to, you know, smile and get through it. But actually, I'm so thankful for those crappy feelings that kept me awake at Mm -hmm. night. And I'm so happy that I listened to them because without them, like now I am still traveling. I left my job in, in 2016, end of 2016, start of 2017. I have lived in Bali, Malaysia, Thailand, um, Portugal, Bulgaria. I'm currently in Copenhagen in Denmark. I've written two books, you know, and they're the external manifestations of the inner work. You know, yeah. that's how it kind of presents itself yeah. in its life. If I hadn't have listened to that, if I didn't have that crappy part of my life, that horrible part that I have to think about and go, oh, that was so terrible, it wouldn't have marked the adventure. Every great story, every adventure starts with that call. It starts with the, the can, is it okay to curse? Can I say Of it? course. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It starts with the shit storm, you know? It yeah. starts with the shit storm in your life that you're like, why is this, is this happening, happening to me? me? Why mm-hmm. me? I, what have I done to deserve this? If you're feeling that, oh, welcome that in. Get them into yeah. your house because this is where the adventure starts. This is where you get to rewrite your own story and move into a different chapter in that it's an amazing, it's an amazing starting point. And it will be the story that you will tell in the same way that I have. I start with this was crap. And then I listened to it and I did X. If you listen to any like quote unquote, like successful person or someone that has overcome something, it doesn't start with, Oh, I felt great. And then I had this amazing idea. You know, know. it starts with, I felt terrible. Exactly. But that's, that's the foundation of dreams. Mm -hmm. Like rock bottom is the foundation of dreams. Like, Oh my God. I love that. It's so true. I am so grateful for everything that felt like shit now at the time, but at the time I didn't. And I was like, why, why is this happening to me? I'm a good person. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, you are, but you're like pushing a door that says, pull you idiot. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's like, hello. And your body is so in tune. Mm -hmm. Like your emotions, it knows. It's trying to communicate with you every day. So if you're listening to this, like we would encourage you just to slow down and journaling's amazing for this, right? Yeah. To, to slow down and people will say, I really struggle with journaling. And I'm like, I did too. I remember when I first journaled, like, it was like, got up, had breakfast. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Drove the kids to school. I am grateful for three things. The end. And, but it's perseverance, isn't it? The more that you sit down with the intention to journal, the downloads come. It's just that your, your brain is not wired that way right now yeah. because your brain's like, what are you doing? This is weird. Yeah, on with your exactly. day like you should be you know rushing about now you should be stuck in traffic mm-hmm. it's familiar and it loves the familiar so you have to just persevere though don't you you do and I think you've got to get really clear on like what the journal is there for you know it's no one is going to read it and mark it and give you a gold star you know and I think often we kind of go oh well what if you know no that is your sacred space and if you struggle with vulnerability if you really you know you're sitting around like the only time you're vulnerable is when you have like five glasses of wine and you start to cry and like unleash all your emotions to your friends because Mm -hmm. you you don't know how to say which I get like I struggled with the vulnerability because how do you say when life looks okay on the outside how do you say it doesn't feel good how do you start that conversation Mm -hmm. and that's why your journal is is your sacred place like that is just it enables a conversation with yourself where you can just sit down you know, um, and journal it out, you know, and speak to those different parts of yourself. High anxiety. Why are you here? You know, what can I learn from you or to practice gratitude, like use it in whatever way feels right. But most importantly, be radically honest with yourself. And that's where you'll get the most value. Like do not filter your thoughts. Yeah. Let it all come out. Don't because your your journal should be your best friend. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's actually, you can put anything in there yeah. and it will never judge you. And if it's coming out, allow it to come out. The, the message is there. And if emotions come up, that's beautiful because mm-hmm. that's your body's way of, again, communicating and healing. Yeah. That emotion is healing. When you're releasing that, it's healing. But just allow it to come out. And rather than think of it as weak or that there's something bad or you're too emotional, you know, we all get anxious thoughts from time to time. And, you know, I know you and I have spoken before and, you know, people will say, oh, you know, all oh, your, your life, you know, it's easy. It's not, it's not no. easy. You know, you've not like, you're an author and people will, again, that surface level, people think, oh, she's an author. Amazing. But that's not always been easy. I remember you sharing a story with me before about uh, a review that you had when you first had your book. Yeah. So, I mean, an author sounds great. Like, I get it. It does. But the reality is when you get a book and you're staring in front of a blank Microsoft Word document and you've got no idea what you're doing, like legitimately, no one tells you how to write a book. I'd never written a book before. It's terrifying. And half the time you feel like you're just making it up as you go along because you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fearful. And yeah, I mean, I remember I put my heart and soul into that book, really did. And I didn't let anybody else read it, like not my husband, not anybody, just the editor. And I did that for a reason because I didn't want to be it to be shaped or for other people's opinions to infiltrate through it because I recognize I've got to work with that people pleaser side of me. So when the book is released, it goes for early reviews. Um, and this was really my first glimpse into how was the book going to be received. And I can remember... Um, we went out for a drink. We were sitting in a little pub in Copenhagen um, and it was winter and it was, you know, it was going to be like four weeks until the book comes out. And I 
check the reviews, which the publisher told me not to do, but you know, I wanted to see. And I read these two reviews. They were the first two that came in and both of them were two stars. And the first one said, um, I dedicated the book to, um, to all of those courageous, to, to all of those brave enough to become who they truly are, stay courageous, because that felt important to me to, to acknowledge. Yeah. And the first review said, she wrote this dedication at the start. It feels, uh, it, I don't really understand what she means and it felt, feels really exclusive. And so I didn't even get past the dedication. So the person didn't even flick onto the next page. The second review was something similar. I read the start of it and I felt like that this wasn't for me and I didn't like her tone and I didn't like that she was telling me what to do, which is never my intention. No. It was the opposite intention in how I felt that I wrote the book. And I felt, I felt like time stood still in that moment and someone punched me in the gut and tore my heart out all at the same time. And I can remember watching my husband kind of talk and continue a normal conversation. It's like, you know, when you've had that feeling where like the blood drains from all of your body and you just feel like you can't even talk, like you're numb. And I just started to cry and I cried the whole way home. And I mean, I sobbed like from the pit of my stomach. And I thought, how do I, can I go to the publisher? Can I pay them not to release the book? Can I tell them it's like a, a big mistake? And I thought, how have I written, have I written like the worst book in the world? Like, is, is like, what am I meant to learn like from this? And it felt, it felt terrible. It felt really terrible. Um, but again, like it's, it's amazing how, in those moments where you feel like the world is crumbling, that it, it does as you move past it and move through it, you realize it's your gift. And I needed to process what a bad review was like because it was my worst fear. And actually I felt really crap for a few days. Um, but then I picked myself up again and I thought, well, if it's the worst book, it's the worst book. But that's what I was meant to write. And I, I, did, I did my best. And thankfully, now if you check the reviews, it's about, I think it's like eight and around four stars out of five. So it's, it's you know, yeah. it's not um, the worst book and I'm still really proud of it. But don't ever think that the people that you admire and the labels that they have make them any different. Like, I don't feel any different. Um, you face all the fears it's with you on the journey. You face umpteen challenges, yeah. but the, the joy is, is pushing past those mm. is kind of going, I'm going to finish the race because yeah. like, fuck it. I got one life. I exactly. I got one life. I, I don't get to, I mean, I may come back as something else. I don't know. But I, as far as I know, like, this is it. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my shot. Mm -hmm. What scares me more is, leading a life that's in safety that's you know in its little harbor and I don't take any risks and I sit comfortably but I never really know the adventure of what life could offer like that scares me more than just jumping in that ship and going let's go baby let's, let's see. go baby <laughs> let's see you. let's yeah. see what and you, stay, like. you stay connected to your why yeah right? and it's like when we listen we're not everyone's cup of tea there's no, over seven billion fine. people in the world and let's just listen there's probably thousands of people that will be like I cannot stand her she's an mm -hmm. idiot but do you know what you are 
what I love is it, it's you connected to your why and you stayed with your why and it's that freedom of being you, all you. And I do the same. Yeah, we're still challenged, but when you are just you, authentically, vulnerable, real, all, all you, and you love yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Warts and all, you just show up. You show yeah. up and it's like, well, if they're offended or they don't like me, and it's not about saying, oh, I don't care. The truth is you actually don't. Yeah. It's like you may get hurt, your ego takes a bit of a oh god punch. But then as you say, you felt that emotion. It was but again, it's that old programs of oh my god, it's ex- I'm exposed mm-hmm. and what is yeah. oh god, and all the fears and your your mind goes into fight or flight, it's trying to keep you safe, it's like run, 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 cancel the book, mm-hmm. cancel the book. But actually, when you slow down and it's like, well, do you know what? I'm going back to my why. Why yeah. am I doing this? What is my purpose? What is my truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was my truth when I read, wrote that book. And so, yeah, I'm okay with that. And if people don't like it, that's okay because yeah. I'm me. Yeah. And I, you, you know, I think most of us would rather be seen and heard in the world for who we really are rather than spending all our lives with no one really knowing our truth, with no one really seeing exactly who we are and what we're capable of. And vulnerability can feel naked at the start and authenticity mm-hmm. can. It's like you're naked in the stream and everyone can see you, like you said, like <laughs> warts and all. But then gradually you kind of get used to it and you think, you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to be me. I trust myself, you know, and I'm going to make mistakes and I may say things that offend people, but I'll learn and grow. But at least I'm on the journey and at least I'm showing up and at least I'm in the arena. And at least people know me for who I am, as opposed to some masquerade version of what they think that I should be. Completely. Uh, And you're inspiring others. And I think when we do this, we give others permission to do the same. And that's life changing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you notice, like since kind of, you know, being on this path of authenticity and vulnerability and showing up, how it's changed conversations with other people and enables them to share their truth and have deeper connections. It's amazing. And I get messages a lot, and you will too. I, I know that from people saying that their life's completely transformed. And, mm-hmm. and I say to them, you did that. Mm-hmm. You did that. You know, I, I helped you pull that out, but, but ultimately I didn't give you anything that you don't have already it's sometimes we just need someone to shine a bit of light in and they don't have that belief. So we say borrow ours, borrow our belief in you just till you find your own. And, and it yeah. comes and it's those moments that I see it in people. And I think if only you knew your potential when you're too busy trying to fit in a box or be more like someone else and it feels uncomfortable. And going back to what we said before, when it feels uncomfortable, it's because you're out of alignment. Yeah. And you're not in flow. And we've kind of went full circle in this conversation, but I think it's actually perfect because it's finding your flow. Yeah. Unique to you, your DNA, your thumbprint. What's good for someone isn't good for you, but mm-hmm. get excited about finding yours because you're, you've got gold in there. There's gold mm-hmm. in there. Like, it's not like the universe says, oh, do you know, I like Sarah, but I don't like Jill. So I'm going to give it all to her. Exactly. There's abundance everywhere and everyone's got their gold, you know, their USP, right? Whatever. Yeah. 
but they have. But so, so spend your time and energy finding that in mm. you internally rather than looking externally and feeling out of alignment anyway. Um, oh my God, it was amazing. And what I want to do is finish with some quick questions for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to do a quick fire question and just give me your kind of first answer. Okay. 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 Loving myself means what to me? Being true to myself. When I don't speak my truth, it feels? Out of alignment and uncomfortable. If I could give my younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Don't worry so much. (laughs) If this was my last year on earth, I would? Oh, that's a good one. I would do what I'm doing now. Amazing. If I had no fear of failure and no fear of judgment, I would, I think I know what you're going to say. If I had no fear of failure and no fear of judgment. I don't, yeah. Do you know, I really don't know. Mm. I, I genuinely don't know in the sense that um, I think I would just still be doing what I'm doing now. Yeah, I think you would. <laughs> I think you would. I really do think that, which is actually a lovely question to ask because it, it kind of shows, you know, I'm, I'm was being honest. I was pro- trying to think of like a clever answer and something that I should say, like I would go on Oprah or I would do, mm-hmm. but actually I think that's just saying something to sound clever when in reality... I think I would just be doing what I'm doing now. I feel really connected with my purpose and yeah. what I'm here for. And I, I know that that's going to evolve and that's going to change and grow. But, you know, the, the fear and judgment, it's still there, but I can manage it a little bit better than I can before. Yeah, I love that. Oh my God, amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so that much. That was awesome. 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 What an amazing guest. What an amazing conversation. Just so inspiring. Goosebumps. The lot. So thank you so much, my love. Thank you so much. Thank you.